Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. And for this week's episode, it is a solo episode, no guest today, it is just me, and I thought that we would go back to basics and deep dive into how to get more bookings and how to increase the revenue on those bookings. We've had so many interviews lately with different guests going through their different hosting models and styles and what they're doing, whether it's a wedding venue, unique stays, land hacking, boutique motels, midterm rentals you name it, and we have probably talked about it on this show already, but I just wanted to go back and do an episode going through how to be the Airbnb algorithm. This will be a shorter episode than usual since it is just me, but I think that we are just due for a, a refresher on how to play the Airbnb game, how to beat that algorithm, and just dive into the nitty-gritty of increasing revenue. So we are going to touch on three different points for today's episode. I have my notes here and I kind of broke this, the outline of today's topic down into three different categories that we're going to hit on. And all of this is going to tie back to increasing revenue. So point number one, easiest way to increase your revenue is to get more bookings. Okay, point number two is going to be increasing the nightly rate on those bookings. And point number three is decrease your expenses. Right. So this, these three things I just touched on, these are the only three ways that you can make more money as a short-term rental host. These are the only three. You could technically talk about doing a cash-out refinance, uh, lowering your, your tax burden through real estate, all of that. Yes, I will grant you there's, there's more discussion to be had. But really, as a short-term rental host, there are three ways to make more money. Get more bookings, increase the nightly rate on those bookings, and decrease your expenses. At the end of the day, this is a business, profit and loss, baby, profit and loss. Increase profit, decrease your loss. That is what it takes. So I don't want to overcomplicate this. We are going to run into getting more amenities to get you more bookings and kind of touch on all of that. But I I just want to, this is why I think this episode was so needed. I've had so many conversations lately that are just, I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything and there's no bookings coming in. What is going on? They send me their listing and when I look at it, they don't even have professional photos yet. They don't even have professional photos. And they're reaching out to me asking what more they could do. And I suggest, I think you should get professional photos. And the conversation is, well, I still have all these other improvements that I want to make to the listing before I do that. Fair enough. I get the the argument there. But today in 2023, Airbnb has openly, openly, openly said professional photos is one of the number one ways to get higher on their search algorithm. So you might just have to eat the loss and get your professional photos twice. Or maybe you will get the professional photos and you will find that that is enough to increase your bookings and you don't even need to add those extra amenities or upgrades that you want to. And that's a huge way 
to decrease your expenses in the future. Okay, so we are just we are just due you guys for a talk back to basics on what we can do to get more bookings, increase nightly rate on those bookings and decrease our expenses. Let's dive in. Okay, so point number one, let's talk about what it takes to get more bookings in today's day and age. So I'm going to start off just by focusing on Airbnb's algorithm. I'm going to run through a few things that Airbnb has openly stated it takes to get higher in search ranking on Airbnb's platform. So here we go. Professional photos, and you want about 25 to 35 photos total. That seems to be the sweet spot. Airbnb has stated that after 35 photos, people tend to fall off and stop clicking through. So if you are going to have more than that, what I would do is just make sure that at least the entirety of the home and all the amenities you offer can be represented within the first 25 to 35 photos. And then if you want to include some photos about like the closet open showing that you have a pack and play and a high chair in there or a cabinet open showing all the pots and pans you have. Uh, you know, pictures about the local area and what there is to do there and tourist attractions. That needs to go after photo 35 because we know that there's a drop off there. Next thing you can do is design the space with your cover photo and your top five photos in mind. So on mobile, you're going to have one cover photo that you're relying on. On desktop, you're able to have five. And what I like to do here is to make sure that of those first five photos, the entire home can be represented. So get an outdoor amenity in there, fire pit, hot tub, uh, if you're waterfront, lakefront, anything like that, get an outdoor amenity, maybe a drone shot of the home if you've got an A-frame or some cool architectural piece that can be highlighted by an aerial photo or a drone photo, get that in the top five. Get a kitchen, a common area, a living room, um, a bedroom. Uh, you don't really need a bathroom in your first five. I don't think that's necessary, but just make sure that the that the overall vibe of the home is conveyed in the first five photos. So don't just upload the first five and let it auto sort to the first five that are in your camera roll of your property. Make sure that those five represent the home. On mobile, when you only have one photo, I would make sure that that photo is, if you can, if you can, have it be of a water feature, whether that is a cowboy tub, a pool, a hot tub, a lakefront property, anything like that. If you don't have a water feature, maybe a fire pit, a deck, some sort of outdoor amenity. Those seem to do really, really well on Airbnb right now. And if that doesn't apply, I usually like to do a common area as a cover photo. That's the area that most people are going to be spending time in. So rather than a bedroom where it's just going to be one of the people, one or two of the people in the entire group that's staying in a bedroom, I would do a common area so people get a better vibe of what they're, what they're going to experience when they book. Next thing you can do to rank yourself higher in Airbnb's search ranking is reinforce your amenities all over the listing. Don't have any branded titles. Instead, the title of your listing should call out your primary amenities. So I don't want to see any listings that are titled the pink cactus or the cowboy cottage. What the hell does that tell me about your property? What, what is the pink cactus? What is the cowboy cottage? I know, I know nothing about the amenities in your property. I don't know if it's family friendly, pet friendly, I don't know if it's a couple's retreat. I don't know what it's close to. I don't know if you have a pool, a hot tub, a king-size bed, high-speed internet. I know nothing based on that. Cute name. I'll give you credit for that. It's a cute name. Put it in your description. Put it in the description and say, thank you so much for inquiring today or looking out or considering the pink cactus or the cowboy cottage. Adorable. In your home, you can brand the shit out of that title. Get little customized mugs if you want. Get blankets that have that on there. On your welcome book, put the pink cactus, the cowboy cottage, whatever the name of it is. Put those labels everywhere. That's adorable. 
Your listing title needs to tell people who have no idea what these cute little branded names mean. Your listing title needs to immediately convey the value of your home. Immediately needs to convey that. Nobody is going to Airbnb and when they are filtering their search, they're typing in the pink cactus. Nobody. People don't even know that exists. They're going to Airbnb and they are filtering king size bed, hot tub, pet friendly. And if you don't have those things in your title, you are not going to show up. Touch on all of those hard hitting amenities in your listing title. This is so important. This is basically you teaching Airbnb where to rank you and when to show you to your clientele. This is you training Airbnb where you want to appear. The pink cactus in the cowboy cottage doesn't tell Airbnb shit about your listing. They have no idea who to present your listing to. When your title says, girlfriend's getaway, one minute walk to downtown, heated pool, that immediately tells Airbnb who to show your property to. Next thing you can do is get into as many categories as possible. Airbnb has openly stated that categories right now are the number one way that they are prioritizing listings. They love the categories rollout. I personally don't know how many guests are like going to the categories at the top of the page and clicking a category and searching from there. I don't really know if that's happening, but doesn't matter. Airbnb has said that being in as many categories as possible is going to help you get higher. So we're playing Airbnb's game here. Okay, this is what it all comes back to. So if there are any categories, go through, see which categories you're currently in. And if you find, hey, I definitely qualify for amazing views and I'm not popping up here, get on the phone with Airbnb. Get on the phone with Airbnb, add photos to your listing that show off these amazing views. In the caption of those photos, put amazing views and do everything you can to get those keywords of the amenities in the listing title, in the description, in the photo captions. And if you're still not populating in the categories you want to be in and you feel that you rightly deserve it, call Airbnb. Call them, bug them, harass them until they put you in that category. Next, here are a few quick things we're going to just run through rapid fire that Airbnb has openly stated that they absolutely love to see on listings that helps them decide to rank you higher. One is instant book. All right, if you've got requests to book on, and let me, before I actually run into, I've got six points here that I want to cover. Six quick things that Airbnb absolutely loves to see in listings. And they, again, have openly said that this makes them prioritize you higher. Before I jump into these six, though, I want to make this very clear. At the end of the day, you need to make hosting work for you. So Instant Book, that's one I just touched on. If you have a property type where you have to have requests to book because there's just very critical information, you have a unique stay or something that's perched on a cliffside and you literally need to convey to the guests about the property and make sure it's the right fit for them so that they're not bringing infants with them or something like that. In those cases, of course, do what's going to do to protect you, to protect the guest experience, to make it possible for you to continue hosting. Yes. But if you just have requests to book on because you're like, oh, I'm scared. I don't like I, I don't like instant book. Oh, I'm scared. I don't know. It makes me nervous. Who am I talking to? Get rid of it get rid of it. Like you got to you got to get out of your own way. You are holding yourself back right now. Airbnb has openly said instant book. They prioritize that over request to book. This is not a secret. Pet friendly. Pet friendly is another one. And I know there are some properties where pet friendly is just not going to work. That is okay. If you have a severe allergy and you just cannot do pet friendly, that is okay. It's not the end of the world. I am telling you, if bookings are slow right now and you are desperate and you are losing money, instant book on pet friendly. Shorter nightly minimums. Airbnb loves places that will host one-night stays. Loves it. If 
You cannot host a one-night stay because you are in Miami or somewhere that is just going to be notorious for parties. Fine, I get it. But I'm telling you, Airbnb loves places that have one-night bookings. The shorter the nightly minimum you can get, the more Airbnb will love you. And look, I'll add this here. If there's a certain city where like you literally have to do a 30-day minimum or something, don't stress about this one because if your entire city has regulated that, then you having 30-day minimum is not going to affect your ranking amongst your competition. Everybody in your area has to have a 30-night minimum. So in cases like that where this is being imposed by regulation, don't stress too much about this. But I'm talking if you are somewhere where it's just Wild West and you are allowed to put any nightly minimum you want, Airbnb has openly said they love shorter nightly minimums. The shorter your nightly minimum, the more flexible you can be with this, the higher you are going to get ranked. Next, ability to host longer stays. So I know this sounds like it's contradicting because we just talked about shorter nightly minimums. All I'm saying is if you can check off the box that says, yes, we host 28 nights plus, that Airbnb loves. I have that off. I have that off, okay? I'm in California where after 30 days, tenant rates kick in. So I am not messing around with that. I am very, very, very strict if we ever do midterm rentals. I have a ton of stipulations in how I do that. So I have that checked off. I do not allow 28-day plus stays. But again, I'm just telling you, if bookings are slow and you are desperate, check off ability to host longer stays. Check off that you accept 28-day plus bookings and switch it to a one-night minimum. Next is more flexible cancellation policies. I am on the strict policy, but Airbnb has openly said that the more flexible your cancellation policy can be, the higher they will put you in search ranking. So flexible is ideal per Airbnb standards. Next would be moderate, and then strict is third. I really try to stay on strict as much as possible, but I have had times where I felt like we just fell off the algorithm for some reason. The booking, the listing views dropped drastically. I don't know what's going on. Nobody's inquiring nothing. I'll switch it to just a flexible policy for a week. Wait till we get like five bookings and then I'll go to moderate and then I'll go back to strict. I always try to revert back to strict. That's just my comfort zone. But I just want you to be aware of that. The more flexible your cancellation policy can be, the higher Airbnb will rank you. Do you remember episode 68 where I got to interview Kenny Bedwell, the CEO at S-Tier Insights? Well, since this episode dropped, I have heard multiple success stories from No Vacancy listeners who have been able to find their next property thanks to Kenny and his team at S-Tier Insights. If you've been wondering if the property or market you are looking at will be a good investment, or if you have no idea what market or property to start looking at, please take advantage of the free call that S-Tier Insights is offering No Vacancy listeners. You have nothing to lose. With their 100% success rate, I am confident that you'll be in good hands working with S-Tier Insights. Whether you're looking for cash flow, cash on cash return, or long-term appreciation, S-Tier Insights will first help you define your goals and then identify the market and property that is right for you. The team is made up of S-Tier investors and operators themselves, so they know exactly what to look for in terms of a good market and property, and will make sure that you can legally operate in the areas they point you to. If you're ready to join the dozens of No Vacancy listeners who have already started working with S-Tier Insights to find their next property, just click the link in my show notes to schedule your free call and get you one step closer to finding that perfect deal. Next up, and this is our last point, is no cleaning fees. Airbnb, again, openly stated that they are ranking listings that have no cleaning fee higher than listings that do. I am trying to play around with this and see how I can make this work. I've 
historically been really, really against removing the cleaning fee because I'll just break down the numbers. Our cleaning fee is 100 bucks. Most of our bookings are two nights. So what I could do is just raise my nightly rate by $50. And in most cases, I'll end up making the same amount as our cleaning fee. But what if somebody books one night? Then I've only made 50 bucks. I'm now losing money by having to pay out the cleaning fee. If somebody books three nights, they're now paying 150. If somebody books four nights, they're now paying 200. And it just starts to get so expensive that I look way pricier than any of my competition. So I have not really found a way to make this work. It's very hard for me right now. I still have a cleaning fee in place, but this is something I'm actively trying to figure out how to price it so that overall the the dollars and cents pan out to where I'm still making the same amount to pay my cleaner. It's very tricky. What I don't know is why Airbnb can't just let you still put a cleaning fee, but present the guest no cleaning fee. Just whatever they book, they can break it out. So if they book three nights in my case, they would add $33 per night. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I just, this is one I, I'm struggling with the cleaning fee one. So again, I'm not like none of the stuff I'm telling you, please don't think I'm like judging you guys or telling you like you need to be pet friendly. Nothing like that. I am just, I just want to communicate. These are the things Airbnb has said that they will rank you higher for and you got to do what works for you. This cleaning fee one, I'm trying to play their game, but it is hard right now. It is hard. I will admit that. Okay, and finally, one of the last things that you can do to get more bookings and be ranked higher on Airbnb search ranking is play inside your Airbnb listing every single day. This can be as small as changing your nightly rate by $1. Change your nightly rate by $1. Reorder your listing title if you put hot tub, king size bed, switch it to king size bed, hot tub. If you've got a bullet point list of amenities in your description, rearrange two of the bullets. Do something small like that every single day. Airbnb loves hosts that are actively paying attention to their listing, playing inside of it every single day. So make sure that you are staying on top of it. Do not just create your listing and and ignore it and then just wait for the bookings to come in. You got to be active in there. It alerts Airbnb every single time you make a change like, oh, this is a host that is actively paying attention. Let's bump them up a little bit because we want to send guests to listings where we know there's an active host on the other side. All right, let's move on to point number two. How do you increase the nightly rate on your bookings? So I want to go back to basics with Airbnb and go through what Airbnb has guests review you for. This is one of the number one ways that you can increase your nightly rate. The higher your reviews, the better that guests are liking your place, the more you are able to charge. So let's go through the criteria that Airbnb is asking guests to review you on. Because this is going to be super important for how Airbnb is interpreting the standing of your listing. Here are the categories that Airbnb is going to ask your guests to review you on upon checkout. cleanliness communication, check-in process, listing accuracy, location, and value. Once again, that is cleanliness, communication, check-in process, listing accuracy, location, and value. It is so important that you are delivering on these things. And I want to point out one that is not in there. Did anyone hear amenities? No. No. No one heard amenities. I see so many hosts right now bending over backwards to put in every single amenity on God's green earth that they can think of. A movie theater, a mini golf course, 
a game room, a barrel sauna, a cold plunge tub, a hammock, every single thing you can think of. Hosts are killing themselves, putting in every single amenity on on the planet into their listings. You are not being ranked on amenities. That is not one of the things guests are even reading you on. You know what they are reading you on? Accuracy and value. And you know what happens when you put too many amenities in your place, too many for you to feasibly manage? Some of those are going to end up broken. It's very hard to quality control when you have so many amenities in your place. Some of them are going to end up broken. And when they do and the guest checks in and finds a broken amenity that was listed on the listing that they thought that they were going to come in to expect, when they arrive and it's broken, they are going to say that the listing was not accurate. And then they are going to say that the listing didn't have the value that was promised. This is so, so important. I want to break this point down again because this is, I don't see any hosts out there thinking about this stuff right now. Every single thing, it's like an arms race to who can have the most amenities. That, that is what is going on in the world right now. And by Airbnb's own game, nobody is ranking you on amenities, but they are ranking you on accuracy and value. And those two categories are 100% affected by whether or not your amenities work. So while you're out here stretching yourself thin, putting in every single amenity that you can think of, thinking that this is how you play the game, this is how you play Airbnb's game, what you are actually doing is setting yourself up for a higher likelihood of failure. You have more things that can go wrong in your property, and you are setting yourself up for an instant one-star review in accuracy and value, two of the most important categories here that you actually are rated on. Put yourself in a guest's shoes right now. Picture that you are trying to book this cute A-frame with an indoor fireplace, maybe a fire pit on the deck, and a steamy hot tub with a view of the snowfall. That's what you want. That is what you are picturing is going to make your mountain getaway absolutely perfect. So you end up booking a listing that has six different types of coffee makers, a grill, it says that the grill always has propane available. Uh, fireplace, it says that there's always complimentary firewood delivered and s'mores kits are given out to every single guest. Now you arrive and you find out that the Nespresso machine isn't working. There's still five other coffee makers, but the Nespresso machine isn't working. And turns out that there is no propane left in the grill. And they forgot to leave out the s'mores kits. How pissed are you now when those weren't even things that you originally wanted as a guest? Those weren't even the original amenities you wanted. You wanted a fireplace, a hot tub, and maybe a fire pit on the deck. That's what you wanted. But you booked these other amenities that were not even going to make or break it for you, not even make or break the decision for you to book. And now there's pieces missing in those. The quality hasn't been totally insured. Now you're pissed. Now you're pissed. This is what I'm talking about, okay? Now, all of a sudden, the value and the accuracy goes down significantly when those weren't even determining factors to making your booking. Maybe you would have been fine just booking a place with a grill and they promised you a full tank of propane. Something got lost in the process. The cleaner didn't refill it. Some check was missed. Now there's no propane and now you're annoyed. And maybe you wouldn't have even cared. You just wanted a grill and you would have been fine 
having to get your own propane up there. But now you're annoyed because it was promised. And when you were at the store, you were at the store an hour before you checked in. You could have bought propane there, but you didn't because you thought it was promised. You could have bought s'mores kits there, but you didn't because you thought it was promised. And now they're gone. And now you're annoyed. You could have gotten Starbucks, but you thought there was an espresso machine, so you didn't. And now you're annoyed. This is what I'm talking about. We are killing ourselves. Hosts are out here killing themselves over putting in every single amenity they can think of instead of just promising basics. And at the end of the day, a guest would have reviewed you five stars had you just had working hot tub, fire pit on the deck, and a fireplace. That's it. You would have gotten five stars. They would have been happy. But now you've got all these extra things that you threw in. It's very, very hard to maintain the quality on that. You let the ball drop and now they're pissed. Always go back to what is Airbnb actually asking, asking the guests to review you on? Cleanliness, communication, check-in process, accuracy, location, and value. Always comes back to those things. If your place is not clean at a baseline, if you are not responding within five minutes to your guests in a clear, professional way, if your check-in process is confusing and doesn't make sense and the batteries in your smart lock are dying, if your listing is not accurate and you are not updating it with the amenities that you actually have in place, location, this one to me, I don't think that it means you have to have like a ski in, ski out chalet and literally be the best location. You just have to accurately describe the location so people can plan around what they want and value. If they don't feel like they got the, what they paid for, that's what's going to take you. This is what you need to come back to. You do not need every single amenity in the book. You need to come back to a clean place, clear communication, easy check-in instructions, accurate listing, accurately describe your location, and if all of that is done, they will find value in the home. Guests do not rank Airbnbs the same way that they rank hotels. When you think of a five-star hotel, you have a very clear image in mind of what that is. When you think of a two-star hotel, you have a very clear image in mind of what that means. But when you think of a five-star Airbnb, that could be anything from a luxury mansion in Beverly Hills to a private room inside the home of a retired couple who lives in Scottsdale. That, that is literally the range that you could get between five-star listings. And the difference comes down to the way that you set expectations as a host. So don't go adding all these amenities if you cannot truly ensure the quality of those things. I want you to ask yourself, how many of you have ever booked an Airbnb where you thought you were getting the absolute best experience you could have imagined. You thought you were going to get all these amenities and it was going to be so amazing and the pictures looked great and the description looked great. And then you check in and the AC wasn't working and there's not enough towels for every single person. And it smells like mildew in the listing. Oh, and in the pictures, they showed that there was a complimentary washer and dryer on site and then you throw all of your laundry into the washing machine, open the cabinet above, and realize that there's no detergent for you to use. But they advertised that there was a washer and dryer, but there's no detergent. Oh, and there was no dish sponge. So now you go to do your dishes, and there's no actual dish sponge or dish soap. How aggravated are you? At that point, do you even give a shit that there was a Pac-Man in the other room? When you can't even do your dishes and your laundry? And there weren't enough towels for people. That to me, like nothing is more annoying than the basics being forgotten. And it almost at that point to me feels insulting. Okay, 
They could not even give me a dish sponge and complimentary detergent. They couldn't even count out and give the right number of towels for us. Oh, but they put a Pac-Man in the other room. It's it's like the ultimate form of gaslighting. Hey, don't complain. We try to put some cool amenity here, but we can't even get our basic operations in check. This is what I'm talking about. The number one way to increase nightly rate is not by throwing in the Pac-Man and all these crazy out-of-this-world outlandish arcade games. It is to just deliver a basic experience. All of the comments that I get on my reels, that I get on Instagram of people just saying, oh, screw Airbnb, I'm going back to hotels. Nobody is saying that because hotels have a Pac-Man in the room. They are saying that because they know that at a hotel they get guaranteed hot water, a working thermostat, enough towels. Anytime they want, they can call the front desk and get more towels. They have enough pillows and blankets. They can always request more. And they know it's going to be a standard clean place. That is what people want when they travel. The amenities are extras if you can control them. But the number one way to just increase your nightly rate is just to give people a predictable, consistent experience that they can count on. That is the easiest way to ensure that you are getting a five-star review. Airbnb loves that. They will put you higher. And the higher you are in search rankings, the higher price you can charge. It is that simple. And this leads me perfectly into point number three, decrease expenses. One of the final ways that you can increase your overall revenue is to decrease your expenses. And guess what? One of the easiest ways to decrease your expenses is to put in fewer amenities. Be more intentional with them. I always bring up the coffee maker thing because I see so many people putting in literally six coffee makers in their listing. And then if you ask them who their demographic is, they can't even tell you. There is, I, I can swear to you, I can swear on my life, okay? If you have a bachelorette listing, if you are specifically targeting, targeting bachelorette parties, six coffee makers is the biggest waste of money on the entire planet, those six coffee makers are going to end up in a landfill and they will never be touched. Girls who come for a bachelorette party are doing a Starbucks run every single morning. 100%. I, I am that girl. Okay, that, that demographic is me. I am the girl who is traveling for bachelorette parties. And there is one girl in the group, probably the maid of honor, who every single morning on the bachelorette party trip says, hey, I'm doing a Starbucks run. Everybody send me your mobile order. Swear on my life. No bachelorette party in the history of the world ever has ever touched a coffee maker. They don't even know how to use a coffee maker, okay? And I'm not insulting anyone. This is me. If you are a bachelorette listing, why are you putting six coffee makers in your listing? It drives me nuts, you guys. It drives me nuts. I, I just, I, I can't keep seeing this shit. It makes me want to pull my hair out. You do not understand your audience at all. I always go back to that amenity because I see this over and over again, okay? And extrapolate this to whatever your, whatever your group is. Hosts are spending so much money right now on putting in these amenities and the upkeep of them and the extra amount that you have to pay your cleaner to go through and check on all of these parts. And if one amenity is broken that was promised, now how much are you refunding your guests? Every single additional amenity you add is increasing your expenses. It is. Even if you think it's a one-time purchase, oh, I buy this thing one time, I just put it in the listing, and then after that, it's just an extra booking I get. No, wrong. Every single additional piece requires extra quality control, attention. It's one more thing to check on the list. You're paying your cleaner for more time, and when that amenity inevitably ends up breaking, because everything ends up breaking, everything ends up breaking, <laughs> when that amenity breaks, you are now giving a refund. Please, please, you guys, I'm not telling you to 
I'm not telling you to just go in and, and leave your place bare bones. What I'm telling you is that if you do not even have a basic comfortable mattress, you're not providing shampoo, detergent, and enough towels for people, you don't have enough pillows at different densities, you don't have a closet stocked of extra blankets, you don't have a working thermostat, you're controlling the range on which people can use the thermostat. Your place smells like mildew. If you have these basic things in place, you need to fix those. That's what you need to fix before you go start adding six coffee makers. I mean, if your place is advertised as family-friendly and you put a pasta maker in your listing, I just, I just have so many questions. Okay, as a mom traveling with kids, the thought of me at home, at, at my listing, deciding that that is the moment I'm going to decide to learn how to make pasta. Like, do, do you know anything about me? If I'm your traveler, if you are catering to family stays and you put a pasta maker in your listing, do you even know the first thing about your guest? I would never, ever, ever, ever have my young kids with me and decide that that is the day I'm going to learn how to make pasta. I'm going out to eat. I'm going to Yelp, a great Italian restaurant in town, and just go get pasta made for me. I'm traveling. I'm on vacation. That's what I'm doing. You guys need to get in touch with your avatar and really understand the amenities that make a difference to them. I, I would love to see a world where hosts have no more than 10 amenities. I'm not even kidding. I would love a world where hosts have no more than 10 amenities, but that, those 10 amenities are designed for your ideal avatar to an absolute T. Don't just put in a cold plunge because you think that, oh, it's a cold plunge. Those are cool. Those are trendy right now. Is your avatar into cold plunging? Is this a wellness retreat? Is there something surrounded by that? Because I guarantee on a regular family vacation, yeah, maybe mom and dad, if it's there, will cold plunge in the morning. But guess what? If you've got an avid cold plunger, they'll figure it out. They will just turn on ice cold water in the morning and just jump in an ice cold shower. They'll make it work. But if you advertise this cold plunge pool, and it's only being used by one group a year, and they get in and it doesn't work for some reason, now they're pissed. Please, you guys, just please be intentional about the amenities you're adding. I could, I could go on and on with this point. I'm going to wrap it up here. But again, to recap this episode, this is, I just want to go back to basics. If you're struggling and bookings are down right now, and it just seems like guests are higher maintenance than usual, I want you to go back to these three things. Getting more bookings, we walked through how to play Airbnb's game and work with their algorithm. Increase nightly rate on those bookings, okay? We talked about reviews, the six things that Airbnb is actually reviewing you on, asking guests to review you on. That is what you need to focus on. Cleanliness, communication, check and process accuracy, location and value. That is what you need to focus on and decrease your expenses. That is the only other thing you can do. Easiest way to decrease expenses, put fewer things in your place and ensure that fewer things are breaking and you don't have to give as many refunds. That's what this comes down to. I hope you guys found this episode helpful. I hope I didn't come off too snarky. This topic just gets me so riled up because, God, I feel like every host on the internet right now with a platform is preaching the exact opposite of this. Throw every single thing you can think of in your listing with no thought to the actual ROI in it. No thought to the ROI. No thought to how this is going to actually affect your operations and all of your management procedures. This advice, the advice you hear from people that are just preaching, throw more and more and more amenities, fill your listing to the brim with amenities, 
the advice that those hosts are giving, I can promise you those hosts are not managing their listings. They have an entire management team that they've outsourced everything to, and they are not involved in this at all. They are so out of touch with how to actually operate a listing. The hosts that are in it every single day are listening to this episode and saying, yes, oh my God, yes, oh my God, yes, Natalie, I agree. Okay, so I will leave you with that. (laughs) Hope I wasn't too snarky. Love you guys. I will talk to you next week. XOXO. And finally, for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole, uh, this exchange between a host and a guest came to my attention actually through my Taco Tuesday group. One of the girls sent a screenshot of a message a guest sent her and just said, how do I reply to this? And I was so angry. I was so angry to see this. So let me just read the message from the guest and uh, we'll react from there. The guest said, Thank you so much for sending this over. This was in response to getting the check-in instructions that day. I was coming up for my boyfriend's birthday this weekend. However, I just found out he has been cheating on me, so we aren't going to make it on the trip anymore. Happy to provide the text messages that showed this to me if you need documentation, but I was wondering if there's any way to get a refund. No, 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 no. No, no. The uh, the audacity, the audacity to even ask this question. I immediately responded to the group and I was like, you know what? Did this girl, did she go back to every single restaurant that she's eaten at with her boyfriend and ask for a refund on those meals? Did she get her nails and lashes done before this weekend in preparation for this trip? And did she go back and ask them for a refund? No. Why the hell is she asking you for a refund when she held your dates this entire time? Held the dates this entire time. Is it your fault as a host that she got cheated on? Absolutely not. The audacity to ask this question and the happy to provide the text messages that showed this to me if you need documentation. Girl, documentation is for like a death certificate or or an extreme medical emergency or a car accident. That is what documentation is for. Why would you offer up the documentation of your cheating scandal? This whole private situation. I actually responded in our group and I said, hey, Loki, though, can you ask her for the documentation? Because I would just love to see the tea on this and and see the proof. But no, you are not giving her a refund. In what world? In what world does this girl feel the entitlement to ask for a refund because she got cheated on? I am sorry. I just. (laughs) If you if you were planning to marry this man and your wedding was this weekend and you found out he cheated on you two days before, are you allowed to now ask the florist and the baker and the photographer and everybody who already booked their travel for a refund? Everybody who held the dates for you to render their service, they held up their end of the bargain. You paid this host in advance to hold the dates for you and to have this place ready, which she did. And now because of your personal problem, you think you deserve a refund. Do you think you should get your entire wedding refunded if you found this out two days before you got cheated on? I am sorry. Life happens. Maybe I am just too harsh out there. It is so unfair to take your personal problem and make it the problem of your host, your vendors, any other people that are helping you and doing an honest job and doing good work. It is so, so unfair and so entitled. It just sucks because normally, In cases of cheating, I should be able to call the cheater the Airbnb hole. 
But this girl has put me in the position where she has to be the Airbnb hole. And that sucks because she's the victim here. She was cheated on and that blows. But she has she has done this to herself. She put herself in the position where I, I have to deem her the Airbnb hole. That is the only respectable response here. Sucks. Sucks to suck. Sorry you got cheated on. And I'm also sorry that you are a bad guest and that you treat vendors and service providers so unfairly. Sucks to suck. You are the Airbnb hole. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye.